0: Actually, I'm having a real bout with PTSD right now. It's been here for about about a month and a half. I have recurring dreams, but I hadn't had one in about five years. One of them is there's a a VC coming at me, and I'm shooting. And I know I'm getting him, but he just keeps on coming. Then I wake up, and the other is that uh, I'm on the ground, and uh, these bullets are coming at me. I can hear them hitting the ground, uh, super slap. I used to have those over and over and over. Um, Thank God I haven't had anything like that until this one with, I was actually calling in an artillery mission in my dream. I could see the light and I could hear the explosions. It turned out to be that last great big thunderstorm we had a month ago. It just brought everything back again. Three o'clock in the morning and you're by yourself even though my wife is next to me, uh, it gets pretty lonesome. My name is Trudell Henry Garoo, Jr. I was born in uh, Rosebud, South Dakota. I am a Sichanghu Lakota, and am Burntai Sioux. My Lakota name is Kiapi, which means the one sent first, first scout. First of all, let me, let me make this real clear. I don't consider myself a Native American. If you are born here, you're Native. I have an American Indian, you know, the American comes first. You know, I don't know enough about the situation, but what these vets are doing out in Santa Rock, they're saying, we can't let this happen. We can't let this awful thing happen. You know, if I wasn't an old, beat up man, I would probably go too. I'm proud of them for standing up for their country, for their land, expressing a belief in the Constitution. They will not allow a police state to exist. Uh, The infantry has this term, follow me. You follow me, I'll go in front. And leadership means you're leading. You're not gonna make them do things that you're not willing to do. And I think that a good leader takes responsibility. That's what I saw among the best commanders I knew. I had some good leaders. In Vietnam, I had about a dozen cousins who were were there. I'm the only one left. There was a war on, and I had to go. We Lakota tend to be paratroopers and Marines. There's one of my Chippewa friends who came out to the reservation in Rosebud with me. He said, oh boy, everybody around here is a paratrooper. Three weeks after I graduated, I enlisted in the Army to be an infantryman in in the paratroops. Vietnam was going real hot and that's when it became really hot and heavy. When I graduated from OCS, I was a, a second lieutenant. I was 20 years old. Got blown up. I spent 14 months in the hospital afterwards. I lost these fingers on my left hand. This other hand got all blown to hell. I have scars everywhere. The only place I wasn't hurt was my right leg. but They took big skin grafts off that. I lost half my colon, and I don't know how much of the regular intestines. My right ear is now deaf. I've worn this brace because I have what's called a drop foot. I've worn that for 48 years now. I was um, medically retired. It was actually the worst thing in my life. It was a medical board. Dr. Mullen took out this chief of papers. It was my medical history since Vietnam. And he went through it talking about me as if I wasn't there. And then at the end of it, he said, this officer is no longer fit for duty. That was the worst thing. I couldn't be a paratrooper anymore. I couldn't be, I couldn't even be in the army anymore. I went to Dartmouth. I majored in Russian college because of that grenade that I saw. I wouldn't understand who they were. It wouldn't it really happen when I was a freshman at Dartmouth. I'd just gotten there. This article said that they had the uh, South Dakota National Guard all around and their APCs and tanks. And the South Dakota Air Guard were doing overflights on them. And um, this guy who I think was FBI, wanted to drop the 82nd Airborne in on these, these Indians. There was a, an assistant division commander from the 82nd Airborne who was at Wounded Knee as an official observer, Colonel Warner, said, no way, these are Americans. We're not gonna drop the 82nd in on these guys. Thank God for him. Went to back back to my reservation where I was appointed chief judge of the tribe. I took people's money away. I took their freedom away. I took their children away. And uh, that part, that last one, taking the children away, is, I would stop at the liquor store, get a bottle of whiskey, go back to my apartment, get drunk and cry. And I said, I can't do this anymore. It, It makes me too sad. Then reapplied to Notre Dame, and they took me. I spent two decades as a criminal defense lawyer. I know a lot of crap that I wish I didn't know. A lot of, lot of terrible things that I wish I didn't know. And I think most of it can be traced back to poverty. I did an informal survey of my clients. I, I quit doing it after a couple of years. It was just too saddening. I found that the, a very large majority of my clients had not graduated from high school, nor did they have a father figure anywhere near them. If you have a good, strong father figure. I had my grandfather and some uncles. You learn how to be a man. And for a girl, you learn how to find good men. I think that you find a lot of young Indians. They are kind of lost. Everywhere you go around here, you, know, you, you, look, you look, we are in Minnesota, Lakota, where well, I'm from South Dakota, which should be South Lakota. Our young people, I think, without thinking about it, I think that they realize that they're generally not welcome. Not Malcolm. Despite the awful, awful things that have happened to my people, this is our land, even though we are in exile in our own land. Uh, we have to protect the country. We have to protect the land. I think that we are at one of the most important places in our history right now. What these vets are doing out in Santa Rock, I think that is reflective of that. And I'm very proud of the fact that all these other people from around the country have gathered there too. That says something about this country. We're not as divided as some people would say we are. It's clear that the federal government States of Northern South Dakota don't give a rat's ass about what's happening to them, putting their dogs on them, shooting water cannons at them when, they're, when it's freezing weather. And I would um, just say, be careful. Be safe. As, as much as possible, be safe. There used to be a saying among, among the Sioux, anyway, it's a good day to die. No, it's not. Never is a good day to die. Anything worth dying for is worth living for.